Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 74 of A Yank on the Footy. I'm Craig Wessels from Sandusky, Ohio, and I'm glad that you're listening. Ladies and gentlemen, as you may have noticed by the title of this episode, Monday was a very sad day at the Cattery. Vic Fuller, a volunteer with the Cats for almost a half century, passed away. Mr. Fuller collapsed during Cats training at GMBHA Stadium on Monday morning, and despite the efforts of the training and medical staff, Mr. Fuller died. He had volunteered with the club for almost a half century, working as the club's Little League coordinator, the VFL team manager, as well as the clubhouse doorman at a number of the Victorian parks where they played games. He was a beloved life member of the club, and in the news reports today, Cats CEO Brian Cook is quoted as saying that we've lost the soul of this club. In 2015, Mr. Fuller was awarded the Alec Gillen Award by AFL Victoria for his continued volunteer work with the club. According to reports, Mr. Fuller and his wife, Nola, would head north in their caravan to spend a couple of months away from the hustle and bustle of footy once October had rolled around. While I, of course, I had never had the opportunity to meet Mr. Fuller, many of you probably had or you had seen him on the grounds and he was always there during your entire life of being a cat supporter or being a visiting supporter at the grounds. You saw him there all the time. And from everything that I have read, this man was an absolute icon in the Cats organization. And I say, Valet, Vic Fuller, Valet, you, sir, are a Geelong icon, and you've played such a significant role in the lives of countless Cats athletes and fans and young kids at all levels. Sir, you will be greatly greatly missed. Now, ladies and gentlemen, wanted to move into some of the other stories of this week, and it's kind of difficult to transition away from that, but it's kind of what I need to be doing with this. So we had another fantastic weekend of footy in the AFLW with some absolutely dynamic contests. The Dockers and the Magpies are sitting alone right now at the top of the ladder with the Dockers having blitzed the Suns, while the Magpies have... You know, shut down the high-scoring Kangaroos offense. Or, I don't know if they shut them down so much as the Magpies had a difficult time scoring. They kicked uh, zero goals eight, which I think I'll be getting into here in just a moment as well. You know, this weekend, Aaron Phillips reminded us why she is still the greatest AFLW player since the league's inception. And we've got several other budding superstars battling to stay in line to hopefully take that mantle from her down the road sometime. Looking at you here, Isabel Huntington, with your two goals too. Kiera Bowers with another 15 tackles against the Suns. You need to come here to the United States to help the players in the NFL to learn how to tackle. Young lady, you are a dynamo out there. You know, while all that was going on, 39-year-old Cora Staunton kicked four goals, too, for the Giants in their win. Talk about turning back the clock. Now, the Tigers did not get their first win, but they battled hard again, putting almost 50 points on the scoreboard. 
Unfortunately, you might have seen the news, and a little bit of news came out as I was putting this together this evening. Carlton's Matty Prispakis has been banned for a game, which the Blues are going to be appealing for her dangerous tackle on her former teammate in Richmond's uh, Sarah Hosking, which if you didn't happen to see the story between the, the Hosking twins over the weekend, it was a great little rivalry going on there between freezing up the mouthpiece and throwing uh, workout clothes into the pool which culminated with the purple hair dye in the shampoo before the game. That was absolutely terrific. Now, in the video of that tackle, you can see uh, Maddie wrapping up Hosking while also holding onto her right hand, which she was not able then use to be able to use to brace her. And her, you know, her head went down first. Now, she did pass a concussion test and did return to the game, so that might be something that helps... Maddie Perspakis be able to still play next week and maybe only cop a fine. Now, one of the shocking news stories that I, I saw this week that showed up in my news feed, and uh, maybe it's nothing, but maybe it's something. So, uh, Swan supporters, maybe you're going to get excited about this, and uh, Tiger supporters, maybe you're going to get a little concerned. But we saw the, uh, the story break that Dusty Martin's manager, Ralph Carr, Saying kind of is is like an offhanded remark that Dusty loves Sydney, and hopes to play another nine years. Now I didn't quite catch the context and where that was being said. If that was during an interview or at lunch with somebody, but uh, if you're a Richmond supporter, are you worried about that gun leaving your squad and heading to the uh, to the Northeast? And if you're a a Sydney supporter, would you be thrilled to have him there? I mean, I. Trust me, as a Cat supporter, I'd love to see him no longer playing with Richmond. Now, of course, he'd be playing with another club. You'd still have to face him. But, you know, just that whole bugaboo, if you will, of facing Richmond ha happens to be kind of the, the Cat's kryptonite in many ways. Now, you know, the whole idea of moving clubs is not, a, uh, is not something that is unique. I mean, I'm only five years into my footy journey as a fan. And I and I think, like I said, I don't think superstars changing clubs is all that unique. Gary Ablett Jr. went to Gold Coast. Patty Dangerfield came to Geelong. Eddie Betts went to Adelaide and then back to Carlton. This year, Jeremy Cameron headed to the Geelong. I mean, did anybody actually expect Buddy to be making his initial move to Sydney from Hawthorne? I don't know. I don't know. Again, I don't know the answer to that, so that's why I'm asking. Now, Along this week, also, there was a lot of uh, stunning numbers uh, to come out um, of Tasmania. And it's some pretty scary numbers. You know, this is kind of on the back of uh, Tasmania's pursuit of getting a standalone AFL club. And I found these numbers in an opinion piece that I, I've linked to in the show notes. And it is written and undersigned by seven different people. Uh, some of them look, look like they were players. Others who appear to be people who are involved maybe in government in Tasmania, but also folks who are working with the organization to bring a footy club to Tasmania. And uh, the editorial, if you will, that they wrote, the comment, as it was titled, uh, said they're concerned about the future of footy in the state. And in the piece, they share their support for uh, Premier Peter Gutwein's line in the sand with the AFL, where he basically said, we get a club or North Melbourne and Hawthorne, just stay home. We don't want you here anymore. And, uh, you know, this, this piece argues that, and they provide it with some pretty good evidence here, which is a little, a little sobering, quite frankly, 
that the base, the footy's base is deteriorating in Tasmania as they're maybe concerned about the lack of a commitment to the island state from the AFL. And, you know, the article referred to uh, Tasmania as being a footy heartland state, I believe, along with South Australia and, you know, having gotten involved right after Victoria did as well. And within a couple of years, they were playing footy in uh, Tasmania as early as the 1860s. And what is interesting is that they said that, you know, that, that this is beginning to discourage young people from playing the game. And according to the piece in 2001, when Hawthorne began to play games in Tasmania, the state had footy participation rates that were 17% higher than the other heartland states. So 17% more kids playing footy in Tasmania. Now that's like per capita. That doesn't mean total, of course. Uh, 17% higher than Victoria, 17% higher than South Australia, according to this article. But by 2018, so 17 years later, it had dipped to 19% below the states of South Australia and Victoria. So you had seen a, a significant, basically a 36% drop, an over one-third percent, you know, one-third drop of the number of kids playing footy in Tasmania. And that that and again, I'm on the outside looking in here, but that ought to set up set off alarm bells right here, because uh, and I'm going to get to this in just a moment here. But you know, it's it stated that had they kept pace with the uh, other heartland states at that 17 percent, or had they been you know even stayed level with it, you know, they would have had almost 42,000 players. They would have had 44,000. I'm sorry, 44 percent more participation, where they would have had almost 42,000 kids playing as opposed to the 29,000 that are currently playing. And yeah, like I said, as you know, I'm on the outside looking in here on this issue, you know, so I've spoken to a number of different people online or through social media about, you know, the, the, the viability of a club in Tasmania and the viability of a club in Canberra or possibly in the Northern Territories. And a lot of people think that unless there would be a dome in Darwin, it would be very difficult to do that. The population is only about 150,000 people there. It would be tough to support a club there. Now, some people had said, well, maybe that club spits, splits time between between uh, Darwin and maybe Cairns in uh, Queensland, or possibly with uh, Alice Springs, which I know Alice Springs is not a huge city either, but it, you know, it's, it, it still is a, a, a footy-mad city as well. But again, like I said, I can only go upon what I've previously read, but, you know, this state has been a bit of a pipeline for the VFL and the AFL as well as the v, the AFLW. Uh, I did a little bit of digging along, online and saw that there, you know, over the years there have been over 300 players that have gone into the VFL-AFL from Tasmania, and there are currently 25 players in the AFL and 10 players on AFLW lists that are from... Tasmania. So it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens here because it's, it's as though the Tasmanian government and the AFL are kind of playing a bit of chicken with one another. And uh, you know, full disclosure, I did see in another article uh, that I've provided a link to that, the, uh, that Gil McLaughlin has said that the AFL has promised to review Tasmania's bid in late 2021 or early 2022. So even if they reviewed at that point in time, you're still talking at least probably another two to three years before you have enough 
uh, support or enough things in place in order to actually put a team in Tasmania. And that remains to be seen, you know, whether it be a uh, an existing team getting relocated. You know, and I, I don't know if Tasmania likes the idea of doing that. You know, I guess if you get a team, you get a team. And I, I know I've talked about this in previous episodes. Now, the last story I wanted to touch on this week, and, and had some rather unique ideas, and it was a, a piece on uh, ABC News website from Kate O'Halloran. And so far, I've, you know, I've, I've been able to still get all of the news articles that I typically see. The one thing that I, you know, I, I don't have a, uh, a subscription to the paper from uh, Melbourne, I would love to have that just to read the sports page. I think the sports page would be rather interesting to read during footy season, during the build-up to footy season, that type of thing, to talk about the, you know, see the trade periods and that sort of thing. I don't have a subscription, and I, you know, people put links to those on Twitter all the time, and I go to click on it, and I was like, oh, no, it's a Herald Sun article. I can't read it. But one of the things that I do is I, I have a uh, set of Google Alerts set up, so I get uh, things sent to me every day, news stories sent to me every day that have the AFL as a keyword, the AFLW as a keyword, Australian Rules Football as a keyword, and then also the Geelong Cats as a keyword, since I'm a cat supporter. And I get those, they show up in my mailbox about 4 o'clock every afternoon, where they've, they've curated articles from around the country, and, I, and that's where I see a lot of the articles that I, that I talk about in the podcast. And, uh, you know, this is one that, that showed up there as well. And this article began by touting the success that the AFL has had, I'm sorry, that the AFLW has had this year. You've had increased attendance. You've had increased viewership. They've had some games, and again, I know the numbers are not big yet due to COVID, but you've had some sellouts. Yes, they're not selling out the MCG. They're not selling out Marvel Stadium. They're not even selling out Icon Park or GMBHA or anything of that nature. But you know, if they're putting X amount of tickets out there, they're not selling, you know, 47 less than X. They're selling X. And they're, they're, they're getting people or they're giving away tickets to young people to see the game. So to me, that's a great thing. Okay. Uh, you know, they, they outlined that there are a number of players who are now becoming new faces of the game and are helping to grow the game for a new generation of players. And I talked about this last year before the AFLW shut down. Uh, there was an episode I did, uh, and I don't remember what number it was, but it was early in the run of, of the uh, podcast before the AFLW season was, was canceled. And there were some photos that were showing up online that people had posted of their, their young girls and their AFLW memberships for their club. And the looks of excitement and just sheer joy on their faces was tremendous. It was great to see. And, you know, I, I wouldn't not want to see that from anybody. So, you know, it's, uh, it's great to see the game going well. Again, scoring is improving. You know, there are hiccups everywhere where, you know, clubs have a hard time, you know, kicking it between the two uprights and they're hitting, they're hitting behinds, that sort of thing. But it also argued that there are a number of people who are involved in the AFL that are disgruntled by the focus on the AFLW. And that's a little troubling. And according to the article, there was one unnamed list manager that felt like the heart had been ripped out of their program. And when I'm talking about that, they were referencing some of the younger levels of, you know, the boys training and that sort of thing to help them learn to become better players themselves. They thought that there had been an, an overcorrection, if you will, to focus on the women's game. 
and uh, you know there were nine clubs that were concerned that the growth of the women's game is harming the development of the boys' game at the younger level. That they're that the that the girls are getting more time on grounds and that type of thing, and it's it's costing the uh, the the boys' grounds time to help prepare for their seasons and become you know better players. To me, this is one of the things where you just say, figure it out, or you know, create new grounds, or share, or schedule better. Uh, it, it's a little disheartening to hear this, you know, and I, again, I'm not saying it's complaining. Again, these people were unnamed. Maybe they were just a little frustrated by it. Maybe they've heard from, you know, some of the coaches at lower levels, and I don't know this to be the case, that, that we've been upset that, they, that they've not been able to get to grounds that they typically were able to get to at times they had hoped to get there. So maybe just a little bit better scheduling has to go on here, I would think. And again, you know, I, uh, you know, there's been a concerted effort to build up the women's game. There has, and I think with, with good reason. You've got half the population who are just now getting an opportunity to, uh, to, to play this great game, and I think you need to help them get as much traction as you possibly can. And it's going to draw more and more young girls to this competition, to this sport, and it's going to fill the coffers of these lists in the next five to ten years, and I think we're going to see, like I said this a number of times, we're going to see some fantastic women's footy, more so than even what we're seeing right now, okay? Now, you know, we've got, you know, a new generation of athletes who are, are training, who are trying to become, you know, players here. I don't think they're trying to marginalize the men's comp. You know, I'd like to think that anyway. I mean, I'm, I'm, I don't know about you. And I keep touting this, and I, and you go back and you look at my Twitter feed, and you look at my Facebook, or you look at the, uh, you know the uh, the website or the page for the 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 podcast. I am constantly trying to advertise, promote the AFLW because I think it's a fantastic game. And you know, and I don't know about you, but I get excited being able to. You know, I like watching footy. I get excited being able to sit down in front of the TV each weekend to watch Rocky Cranston and Danny Marshall and Kate Hoare, and you know. Gemma Houghton, and the dozens of other footy players, you know, if not hundreds, hundreds of other footy players, playing a game that they love and inspiring an entire group of people who need that inspiration, that need to see people who are like them playing a game that they may very well fall in love with as well. People who may very well be wearing those exact same numbers for those clubs in eight years, 10 years, 12 years, whatever the case may be. So, you know, hopefully they're able to figure out a way to have both coexist. Uh, for those of you that are listening in the States, we had a, uh, a TV commercial for one of the, uh, the food companies that they were selling. You know, they were trying to decide they were going to have taco night and they were trying to decide whether they should have... Uh, you know, soft taco shells or hard taco shells. And the child sitting there at the dinner table and says, why can't we have both? And everybody celebrates her and they're holding air upon the shoulders and celebrating. And they're showing that they've packaged soft taco shells and hard taco shells in the same box. Well, kind of the same principle here. Why can't we have both? I think we can. I think they can both be successful. The men's comp isn't going anywhere. Okay. They might be a little inconvenienced right now. To, you know, to paraphrase uh, Sergeant Hulka from the movie Stripes. Great Bill Murray movie from back in 1982, I believe. Lighten up, Francis. (laughs) 
Okay, that's probably going to piss off a lot of people right there, and I apologize, but uh, th there's opportunities for people to coexist here, okay? I mean, at this point in time, you know, the women's season is going to be wrapping up in just a few weeks anyway. I mean, they're only playing nine rounds right now. You know, the idea that they should be playing more is definitely something I think should be talked about. I think they should be playing at least 13 where they play every club once. I think they should definitely do that. Okay, now I want to get into my tips for this week. All right, ladies and gents. And we're into round five already, so we're more than halfway done with the season once this round gets halfway done. First game of the weekend, and hopefully they can get a couple weeks ahead because I'd like to be able to uh, do a little bit of research on my tips before I, uh, you know, before the weekend is up, because I mean they're announcing it at halftime of the I think the last game of the weekend, or something like that. It was somewhere around there. Got Geelong and Richmond playing in the uh, the first game of the weekend. Now these are two winless clubs, and let's be honest, they're battling for the wooden spoon. You've got I think four winless clubs right now, as a matter of fact. Now I'm going to go with my gut and my heart here. Okay. Now the, the Tigers have had some good things happen in recent weeks. They scored 46 points last week. They've made some progress. The Cats have made some progress. They haven't scored a lot of points, but they've played some halfway decent defense. I think this weekend, back home at GMBHA Stadium, in light of everything that transpired this weekend, that this organization plays a fantastically inspired game. And, uh, you know, they win by seven. And let's be honest, folks, the Cats are hosting Richmond this weekend. Let's be completely candid here. How often does that actually happen? How often does Richmond, I know it's the AFLW, but how often does Richmond actually find their way to GMBHA Stadium? Not too darn often. It's usually up at the MCG. So it's great to have the Tigers going down there to, to visit this weekend again. Cats by seven. Got the Bulldogs and GWS, and the Bulldogs are coming off a gritty battle with the D's. You know, might have been the uh, one of the hardest hitting games of the year, this side of Frio playing defense. And, you know, the Bulldogs, they're, they're clicking right now. And uh, I see them winning this one by 14 points. I, I I don't need to say a whole lot more about that. The Bulldogs are playing really well at the moment. Now we move on to, I think, the Titanic matchup of this weekend. The Dockers and the Lions. Dun, dun, dun. Frio sitting atop of the ladder right now. The Lions are... Uh, their percentage has kind of come back to earth a little bit. They're no longer the 500s. I believe they're down to the 200s right now. Frio sitting atop the ladder, as I said. They're, they're relentless, just crazed, if you will, style of play has, has flummoxed some of the best clubs in the comp. Go back and look what they did to Adelaide a couple weeks ago. They just, the Adelaide struggled mightily. Now, this is going to be the first time that the Lions have, have traveled away for a game. They're going to be out in uh, in West Australia for this game. And I think that the Dockers juggernaut continues another week here. And I've got Fremantle winning this one by 13 points. Okay? And, uh, you know, while I'm uh, while I'm, I'm thinking about it here right now, I'm going to go ahead and uh, I'm going to go ahead and just put it out there. Uh, Kier Bowers, 14 tackles this weekend. Okay? 14 tackles. I'm just going to go ahead and call it right now. Maybe I should do that instead of the uh, the scores, okay? Uh, the next game this weekend, North Melbourne and Carlton. The Ruse were, were there, quite frankly, I think they were throttled. You know, they, they, they kicked eight behinds last week. But this is still a great matchup. The Ruse are a high-scoring club. 
They're playing against a club who maybe doesn't score as much, but they play very solid defense, okay? You know, the Blues have won two in a row. North Melbourne has lost two in a row. This, this matchup is going to be held in Tasmania, okay? This round is in Tasmania from what I have seen. I've got the Blues winning this one by nine points, okay? I think the Blues are just, you know, defensively, I think they're going to be able to shut down uh, the, the Ruse this weekend. Now, I'm wondering, in light of what I mentioned here uh, earlier in the episode, that all of the uh, the stuff that's going on regarding the you know the introduction of a club in Tasmania, and I I have no idea if this is happening, and I and I hope if it's if it's any if it's anything, it's just like an informational type thing. But do you think that there's going to be any kind of a gathering at the grounds like in support of a Tasmanian club? Now, I don't mean a protest or people marching or anything like that, but you know maybe you know. Somebody who have a tent out that are you know handing out information to people coming to the game, trying to give them the facts and figures about why there should be a club that's that's uh, playing all their home games in Tasmania. I don't know. I, I I wouldn't be shocked if something like that was happening. I mean, you know, people are looking for reasons to get out of the house since people have been cooped up for so darn long. I joked with my uh, my students in class today. I said, you know, I'm recording this on the 22nd of February. By the way. Dalton, happy birthday. It's my son's birthday today. I uh, I asked my kids, I said, have you done your shopping for this week? And they looked at me kind of strange. They said, no, why? And, I said, and again, I'm, I'm no no expert on clothes or anything like that. I said, well, I was just wondering what you were going to wear to the, uh, what we what we called here, you know, the first anniversary of what we called the, uh, the two weeks to flatten the curve that took place back in early March of last year. I, I was joking with them about that, and it just really dawned on them that it has been a year of their lives that this has been going on. You know, it's been a year of my 57 years. It's been a year of their 17 years, so it's been a big chunk of their lives. Now, enough of that. Let's get back to the uh, the games this week, okay? Adelaide and St. Kilda, the Saints are, are pretty much in a must-win situation. They don't want to, you know, they're already one game off the pace with the, uh, the clubs that are in the uh, lower spots on the top six. So they don't want to fall two games behind with only four games to play. So they pretty much have to win this one. And I think it's going to be a spirited game, but I think the Crows come out and they take this one again. I think Crows win their second game in a row here. Uh, They put the Saints behind the eight ball. And while we're talking about eight balls, I've got the Crows winning this one by eight points. Okay. Aaron Phillips just was dynamic last week. I uh, put a... I started putting like photos of game game photos and things of that nature on the background of my computer at school every day. I've changed them out this morning. I uh, Today's class, I had a picture of Danny Marshall making a, uh, a tackle during the game last week. That was that was the background photo on my computer today. I already have it set up. Tomorrow is going to be a Aaron Phillips photo where she's just, she's kind of flexing after she kicked the goal. I mean, she just absolutely ripped. I mean, just a, a great inspirational photo. Now we move on to Melbourne and Collingwood. Now the Magpies last week, they only managed to score four goals four, but you know, they managed to keep uh, North to no goals eight. Now they're going to need a lot more scoring to, to stop the Ds. And, you know, the Ds are a pretty potent offense. Kate Horst should be back in the lineup this week. She missed last week. I think they said that it was due to illness. Uh, and I think if at full strength, I think the Ds have too much firepower for Collingwood. I think Collingwood takes their first loss of the season this week, and I've got the D's winning this one by seven points. And the last game of the week, 
That is, uh, that's the coast-to-coast game. Gold Coast and West Coast. And these two clubs right now are positioned up in spots 12 and 14 on the ladder. They, along with the Cats right now, are battling for the wooden spoon. Now, any way you slice it, the Suns have struggled mightily the last three weeks. They have not broken double digits on the scoreboard. So if you're one of those folks that, that's a footy purist and is saying, hey, look at, look at how bad the AFLW is going, this is probably the club you're going to point out. And I don't think that's necessarily fair. Again, this is a club who's, I believe, in only their second year of existence. They've been around for two years, less than two years. They've had two, two training sessions. They had their first season cut short. They're working hard at it, okay? But again, they're struggling to score points right now. They're, they're overwhelmed by some of the better, more established clubs. Alrighty. Now, uh, I think they're going to have to be a lot better to keep the Eagles from getting their first win of the season. And don't forget, you know, the Eagles, they had their way in the, the first quarter and a half against the, the Lions just a couple of weeks ago. I think they, sh- they, they, they shocked me watching them. I, I was stunned by how well the, uh, the Eagles were playing in the first part of that game, and it's almost like they ran out of gas, though. But I think right now the Eagles are a better club than the Suns, so I think that this game helps to solidify the, the, the Suns' opportunity for taking the wooden spoon. Um, so I've got the Eagles winning this one by two goals. So there's my tips for the week. Uh, Leo, will have to let me know what you think. Now, I'd, I want to take a minute before I wrap up here. Uh, a couple things I wanted to touch on here real quickly. I want to take a minute and, uh, thank Tim Continenza of Radio MVP Sports out of Youngstown, Ohio. Uh, he had me on his podcast over the weekend. That's actually coming out on Tuesday, uh, my time, Tuesday at noon. So that would be... Uh, let's see, so that'd be about 4 o'clock in the morning on Wednesday for those of you who are in Melbourne. Uh, not sure you're going to want to take a listen to it, but uh, I, I will be posting a link to that on my socials, so you'll want to you'll want to see that. We talked about uh, a little bit about footy, a little bit about how both of us work as public address announcers. We're both from Ohio. He's actually a little over two hours away from where I am. So it was great to talk footy with somebody else here in the States that you know I, hadn't, I had not run across him before. And one last thing here before I wrap up, I was glad to be able to help out uh, connecting uh, Donnie Hess, uh, the head coach of the Des Moines Roosters of the A, the USAFL, and the host of another great footy podcast, uh, along with uh, Sarah Ollie yesterday on Twitter. Uh, Donnie had put out a post on Twitter that he was trying to find somebody to help him. He was trying to find some help getting in touch with Sarah Ollie on Twitter because he wanted to invite her on onto his podcast to talk about the uh, the Bloods uh, upcoming season, the, the uh, Swans, for those of you who are maybe here in the U.S. who want to talk some Sydney footy. I, I put out a note with a little bit of a sob story saying, you know, with his Twitter handle on there that he's trying to get in touch with her, and and uh, they connected on there. So hopefully she's going to be able to get on his show. And I, and I said, of course, hey, someday I'd love to have you on my podcast as well. Uh, and hopefully the two of them can... Uh, can hook me up when I when I'm trying to connect with an unattainable guest. So, was gl- glad to help out in both of those situations. I had a lot of fun talking to Tim. Uh, I'm still trying to connect with Donnie and figure out when to bring him onto my podcast because he's doing some fantastic things with his. I'm a little jealous of what he's been doing lately, quite frankly. Um, he's been doing a fantastic job with his podcast, so I'm I'm thrilled for him. And uh, ladies and gents, I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up there now. I did things a little bit differently today, okay? Normally, I begin each episode with my little pitch to try to get you to support the podcast. 
um, through a couple different things that I have set up. And quite frankly, with the opening story that I addressed today, I thought it would be rather crass to do that. I just thought it would be tasteless to make those pitches at the beginning of the episode. So I wanted to, to start right away with that rather than just coming out and, and trying to say, hey, support the podcast. Here's how you can do it. And then telling this, telling that story. I felt the story needed to be told first. So I moved all this stuff towards the end of the podcast today. So hopefully you're still listening. Okay. So I want to encourage uh, each of you that are listening, one, to sign up for the mailing list for the podcast. I have a link to that in the show notes where you can sign up, answer a couple questions. Um, it'll put your email address down there. And what I do with that list, and I've added a few new names in the last couple of weeks, is that once I publish an episode, the first thing that I do now, my my publisher will send the podcast out to uh, the different social media things on their own with like kind of a generic announcement. But I will create a uh, a separate um, post for those after the fact. But the first thing I do is I copy the link to that episode and I put it in, into into an email for the followers that are on that have signed up on that that doc okay there's you know it's not something i'm bombarding you with with spam mail or anything like that there i think i've maybe sent one other email out about something else recently i don't remember what it was but it wasn't anything too out of the ordinary it wasn't you know anything crazy or anything of that nature so if you'd like to sign up it's like four questions on there i'd love to add you to the mailing list you get the podcast as soon as it comes out um this will hopefully allow the podcast to grow in Australia as well as here in the U.S. and around the world. Uh, really looking forward. If you hadn't listened to the episode uh, most recently, um, very soon I'm going to be on uh, Triple M uh, once a week during the season, uh, talking with Anna Dare during the drive time show in the Gippsland area to talk footy. Very excited about that opportunity. And, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a great chance to – to, you know, just to talk to somebody else about footy because I, I love doing that, but just to share my thoughts on the game, kind of how I came to fall in love with it, hopefully garner some new listeners, um, that type of thing. So I'm very excited about it. Now, ladies and gents, I also wanted to let you know that I, I recently opened up my Buy Me a Coffee page. It's similar to Patreon. It doesn't have all of the commitments necessarily of Patreon, that sort of thing. But it allows you know fans of podcasts uh, or blogs or things of that nature uh, to support the creator of the show if they'd like to do so. And, uh, you know, I've added a link to the, the show notes for that if you'd like to support. Every once in a while, I'll put, a, I'll put out a tweet that has that on there as well. If you'd like to, to support the podcast that way, any of those funds are going right back into the, uh, the show. Um, you know, I'm looking at a couple of things. One, I'm trying to get my actual standalone uh, website up and running. Uh, there's a, uh, a company that... that has created a uh, podcast hosting template, if you will, and they have dozens of different templates. But basically, their whole process of their website company is designed specifically for podcasters. You know, there are, you know, GoDaddy and things of that nature. I, and GoDaddy is where I have my domain name through. I've had my domain there for over a year now. I just haven't done anything with it. And, you know, I tried putting a podcast together there, but, you know, I'm not as technologically savvy as I'd like to be, and, and I was really having a struggle with it. And I was just doing it kind of in the sandbox area where I was practicing with it. I had not paid them anything to do that yet, but that's what, you know, any, any remuneration that was, would be coming in for the podcast is going to go towards supporting that site for the first year. And beyond that, I'm hoping to upgrade my, uh, 
my editing software uh, down the road as well. I've kind of been sampling. I haven't really tried it yet, but a, uh, I, I've got a, a sample version of a, a new um, program that supposedly is a big step up from what I'm using right now, which is the standard GarageBand that comes along with your, your Apple Macs. So if you'd like to support me on the uh, Buy Me a Coffee page, that'd be fantastic. Or if you'd like to uh, you know, check out the uh, the podcast Redbubble page, the, the store page, that there's a link for that in the show notes as well. Um, I've got a couple different designs there. I have several other designs in my mind that I want to work on, that I want to uh, get created. But again, that's one of those things where it, you know, you know, it, yeah, it takes money to make money kind of a thing. Um, which, I, again, I'm not trying, this is not my retirement, okay? I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to turn this into, you know, I'm not Joe Rogan. I'm not trying to turn this into a podcast where I'm going to be able to leave my teaching career and just do footy podcasts. Now, if that happened, that'd be great. That would be fantastic. It'd be fun to do that. But, I'm being realistic here. That's not that's not what I'm trying to do at this point in time. So, you know, I'm just trying to keep the the podcast afloat and you know help to alleviate some of the costs involved with it, if at all possible. And again, just you know, pass this by if this doesn't interest you. Again, I'm not trying to alienate anybody. I'm not trying to pressure anybody. I'm just putting that out there. Okay. So if you're interested in signing up for those things, that'd be fantastic. Also, if you uh, have an idea for a show topic. Uh, if you know someone you think would be uh, a great guest, one of the things I'm looking at doing is uh, trying to doing a, a repeat here the next couple of weeks of uh, what I did during the trade period this year, where I had about a dozen different fans on that came on and talked about their club. I'd like to reach out to them again and do just a little bit of a, uh, a discussion about where they see their club right now going into 2021. I'm working on my ladder predictions right now. Uh, I have my ladder created, and uh, I'm not going to reveal it yet. Uh, if you remember, I made a claim at the end of last year, and I said that one team last year that did not play in the top eight was going to play finals footy this year. I started out with them in the number eight spot, and I built my ladder from there. I started with them in number eight because I said they were going to be playing finals footy, and uh, I kept my promise on that. Now, will they? Very likely. Very likely. I think they have a great shot at doing it, but I'm not going to reveal who that is. What I'm trying to do is I'm looking at possibly revealing this over uh, the span of four episodes and start with eight, go 18 to 14 in one episode and then 13 to 9 in one episode and then the bottom four of the top eight in one episode, and then the top four in the final episode as we lead into the uh, the be- excuse me the beginning of this season. Okay, so I'm really excited about that. I've been working hard at putting that together. Been doing a lot of reading and writing on that, so I'm not quite ready to, to do that yet. Hopefully, the first one we'll be able to get out soon. But like I said, I'm hoping to have some some fans on that want to talk about their club's upcoming season. If you're one of those people, by all means. Shoot me an email, send me a DM on Twitter. I'd like to get hooked up with you on that to set up a time to do that. Okay. Remember, you can find this episode and all the episodes for the podcast at a yank on the footy.podbean.com. You can also find it on your favorite podcast provider. Check out my YouTube channel as well. There, I've got all the episodes there. Just search out my name, Craig Wessels. 
Now that you've listened to an episode or two, hopefully you'll uh, consider giving me a review on Apple Podcasts. I'd love it. It'd be fantastic. It lets them know, hey, this is a podcast worth, uh, worth checking out. And what was interesting, and it's a bit of a dichotomy there, there's a, uh, a website called Listen Notes that ranks podcasts all over the world. And it ranks it based upon uh, like how many people are listening and uh, kind of what people think about the podcast. And it's, it's been interesting because I, I, based upon their, their algorithm, this podcast is considered to be one of the, in the top 5% of podcasts in the world. Now, I, I, I got to be honest with you folks, I find that a little hard to believe. I mean, if it is, that's fantastic. But, you know, it's in the, t- the top 5% of the 1.9 million podcasts around the world. Now, I haven't done the math to figure out where that would be. I, I don't think I'm getting the numbers that would qualify for that. You know, I'm getting roughly 700 downloads a month. January was a little bit on the lean side, but, uh, you know, still battling along with it. Remember, I hit my, ten, my goal of 10,000 downloads by the anniversary date last year. I'm hoping to hit, you know, another 10,000 by the anniversary date this year. It'd be great if it can be more than that. Hopefully it will. But they said that it was in the top five percent. But then, the, then the like the listener score, like the the score on it was you know a zero being the lowest, hundred being the highest. It said it was a a score of thirty three. So it was like a third of the way up. So I, I'm still trying to figure out how that number works right there. You know, in terms of what they're trying to say there, is that is that based upon the person listening, or is it based upon the quality of what I'm doing? I'm not sure. But when they said, yeah, you're in the top five percent of podcasts around the world, well that 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 stunned me. And again, I'm not sure exactly what criteria they're using there. I need to, le- to dig into it a little bit more. But hey, it's getting noticed a little bit, I guess. I mean, I've had, you know, I've had a lot of people reach out and say very positive things. And I've had some people say, hey, you need to do this a little bit better. And I appreciate that as well. So again, remember, you can find me uh, at com. If you want to shoot me an email, Yankonthefooty at gmail.com. Remember, Twitter is at yank underscore on. Also, a yank on the footy at Instagram and on Facebook. So, ladies and gents, I, I'd appreciate it if you'd uh, you know, share this episode with your friends and family. Put it out there on your social media. That'd be terrific. And, folks, I want to thank you for listening because deep down we're, we're fans of, of our teams. But ultimately, we're fans of this game that we love, whether it's the AFL, the AFLW. We're fans of, again, I'll say it, the greatest game on the planet. Okay? And I'll say it, I'll even go further, the greatest game on two planets. I watched some of the video footage on Mars. I didn't see them playing a single game that was better than than Australian rules football there. Not one. They got a lot of work to do there. So, again, um, don't forget that... uh, Ladies and gentlemen, Australian rules football, for those of you here in the States, it's why they invented the DVR. And again, thank you so very much. Again, I ask you to to share the podcast with your friends and family. And ladies and gentlemen, may your dribble kick never hit the post. I'll catch you later. This has been episode number 74 of A Yank on the Footy. 
Don't forget that you can reach me at yank underscore on or to the yank on the footy at gmail.com. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook at a yank on the footy. And again, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for listening. And please share a link of the podcast with your friends and family out on your social media. And until next time, goodbye. <laughs>